So I don't even know how this happened. I can't say I honestly have had this happen to me before, but um, <laughs> so this morning I was helping my son get dressed and I was on the floor, sitting on the floor. And like, <laughs> I literally uh, was trying to get off the floor and I put my hand down on the floor and I guess I put too much weight on my fingers. Oh shit. Yeah. And so they bent back like way farther back than they should have when I tried to push myself up with my, my hand. And as soon as they bent back that way, the pain like just made my arm crumple and I just <laughs> bam oh. hit the ground. <laughs> like it just oh I just I literally just like I just crumpled. Like it just <laughs> I fell on the floor. <laughs> I hit the ground right in front of my boys and like Oh my god, the pain hurt so bad because I, I literally thought I broke my fingers because it literally just like it was my two my my index and my ring finger or no I'm sorry my middle finger were the only ones that bent back and I I, I probably if I had to guess like just looking at them I probably bent them back a good ninety degree maybe oh. a little bit further than ninety yeah. degrees and so like that hurts I'm sitting there I'm like almost in tears and both my my boys are like are you okay daddy are you okay and I'm like yeah yeah. Just, I live be, here now. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. <laughs> My fingers hurt. And so like I'm like, I'm trying not to cry. And and so I was when I was telling my team this today at work, they're like, Oh yeah, you had to man up. I said, That's it's not necessarily man up, really. I mean, kind of, yeah, I guess, but it, it's really more so that lately, whenever they get hurt, they're always like running me like, Oh daddy, I hurt my leg, I hurt my leg, and I'm like, Are you bleeding? No, you're fine. All right, you're fine. <laughs> and so when I crumpled to the floor, my fingers bent the wrong way. Of course, they weren't bleeding. So I, I couldn't sit there and be like, no, I'm, I'm in pain. Uh, it's hurt so bad because I wasn't bleeding. So I had to be fine, according to my logic to them. So I just sat there and pain was like, I'll get it. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Just <laughs> had to figure out how to get off the floor now. Oh, man. Yeah. Does it still hurt? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're swollen. Uh, it's, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I hyperextended both of them. That's probably what it was. Yeah, I mean, thankfully, like, I, I mean, it's not terrible. Like, I was able to work today, and I type for a living, so. Because like, that's what yeah. <laughs> I was freaking out about. Ow, like, oh, my ow, God. It's going to hurt all day. Yeah. <laughs> Every movement hurts. Damn you, letter P. Oh man. I, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I just the funniest part to me is like I still remember like just crumpling to the floor. <laughs> just like, like I just hit the floor. It didn't hurt. Like you know, it didn't hurt. It was just the the because I'm I'm a big dude. You know, like so like it's like the sound and like everything just. that was that was me (laughs) yeah so i I just went down hard right now (laughs) yeah because like i understand that one yeah i didn't i I literally the only thing i had to stop me from falling i i bent in half so i was just like it was just me in the floor like (laughs) thank god thank god that I didn't hit my face to the floor. Uh oh. 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 Tied it in. <laughs> it took Casey a second. Yep. Good tie in. Yep. So he's like, oh, okay. okay. Tonight, <laughs> tonight we'll be talking about some Chevelle. They have a brand new album come out, and I'll be quite honest, I have no idea how to pronounce this. 
Yeah. Yes. Are you just going right into it right now? Because we didn't even do like an intro. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> That'd be kind of funny, though. We could start with that. Just like Ben tells a story for like four minutes. <laughs> this is like the most unconventional intro we've ever done. <laughs> They're like, our listeners would be like, I thought this was about Chevelle. What the fuck? <laughs> like we could definitely do this maybe i'll just pause right now and insert the theme music and then we'll pick back up where we stopped <laughs> you're listening to the itch podcast my name is casey my name is dan and I'm Aaron, and we're going to scratch another itch this week like we do every week. This one, I'm going to say we're scratching the itch for aliens. I don't know. Does that yeah. work for you guys? It does. Yeah. yeah. No? Dan looks a little bit confused. You can't see that, but he does. Yeah. It, this this yeah. whole this whole, uh, this whole whole album we're going to discuss this week, our flavor of the week, Chevelle's new album, which pronunciation is an issue. Um, yes. Where, how, do you, how are you going with it, Casey? You're the pronunciation master of the show. Oh, that this I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's an acronym, so I think there's room for debate. I'm yeah. going with um, Neratias. Ooh, yeah. I was Nier, or Neratias. I don't know. I was thinking Neratias. Neratias. Yeah. That's close. That makes it sound like you're going to throw up or something. I'm feeling real Neratias right now. Or, <laughs> or, or, or order a Mexican dish of some sort. This Narashas sounds like a Mexican dish. <laughs> anyway, this whole album is not a whole album, but there are significant elements of this album that are about like space travel and wondering what's beyond Earth. And so hence, hence the itch for aliens, because Chevelle definitely has an itch for aliens. And it's not sci-fi crimes. It is not sci-fi crimes, although there was some kind of alien critter walking around on the cover of that album. <laughs> And so that's what it reminded me of when I first saw this. I was like, okay, they're going back to their their sci-fi themes that they like to do now and then. But I don't know. Have you guys ever had the itch for aliens? You like have any fascination with UFOs or anything like that? Uh, I don't really. Not, that's not really my thing. Not anything out of the norm, I guess. Yeah, I okay. I believe that there are, I mean, there's no, there's too big of a universe for it to just be us. There's no fucking way we're the only ones here in this yeah. vast, vast, huge universe. There's no friggin' way. Um, but I think that many species are probably in the same uh, situation as us where they don't have the technology to leave their galaxy. Yeah. If you listen to interviews with, um, with Pete and Sam uh, Leffler, which... As, as hard as it is to pronounce this acronym of an album title, <laughs> I, I've been a Chevelle fan since like 1999 and I've mispronounced yeah. their last name until literally yesterday when I listened to Pete and somebody introduced him and they said, is that how I pronounce your last name? And he said, actually, it's Leffler. And I was like, OK, well, now I know. <laughs> so that's a fun little thing for you. <laughs> I would call I was always calling them Lafleur. That makes LaFleur? it sound like they're French or something. G- Guy Lafleur, like Guy Lafleur, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I was wrong. There's a whole Reddit thread on how to pronounce this, and everybody is kind of leaning towards your pronunciation, Aaron Niratias. Ne- I'm sorry, Niratias. Okay. So we were going to record this episode yesterday. We had some um, uh, circumstantial yeah. difficulties. 
And so I ended up spending that time instead watching interviews with Pete and Sam solely to get to hear one of them say the name of the album and they wouldn't freaking do it. They just, they just kept saying, Oh, the new album or the single self-destructor or whatever. And I'm like, guys, tell me what this is called. You jerks. And they wouldn't do it. Well, it's supposed to be an acronym, so they probably won't say it. And if they do, maybe they'll just flat out be like, it's N I R A T I A S. That's, that's the name of the album. Do you guys remember what the acronym, what it stands for? Uh, no. I, you told me, but I don't remember. <laughs> no? Okay, okay. You guys seem very well prepared for this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all I did was listen to the music, man. That's all I did, all right? That's how Dan rolls with this. Okay, you can be the the, the music analyst, and I'll I'll figure out some of the See? backstory. Notes on music, all right? <laughs> He's got notes for days over there. That's a great job. Music notes. <laughs> so this is their ninth studio album. Neratius or whatever we said it was pronounced. I don't even know. And it stands for <laughs> it stands for nothing is real and this is a simulation. That's right. We're gonna end up calling referring to it as this album a whole bunch anyway, so we don't have to say the name <laughs> of the stupid acronym true. again. That is We're just true. gonna be like this album. Which I mean, if they can do it in their interviews, then so can we. So whatever. It's uh it's an album where they're definitely, like I said, kind of embracing they're, they have a fascination with with the unknown and the beyond. And, and I know Pete was talking a lot about how like he's had like UFO sightings before. He's talking about like Elon Musk wants to take us to Mars and how this stuff is wild. And kind of like what Dan was just saying, this idea of like what else is out there or humans at some point even like expanding beyond Earth. Kind of just the whole, yeah, the whole sci-fi vibe to everything. And it's something that has long fascinated Chevelle. And um, it's it's they've touched on it in previous albums. Like we mentioned, they have one called Sci-Fi Crimes um, that talks about Roswell. There's a track Mm -hmm. on there and some things like that. And then it also has uh, kind of the balance of the other thing that Chevelle likes to do, which is a very sarcastic and kind of pessimistic, like social commentary. They have a way of commenting on current events without usually being overly direct. There's a couple tracks on here that definitely do that as I learned, as I paid closer attention to the lyrics on further listens. You know, you kind of mentioned that a couple of their previous albums had, you know, these kind of themes, but is this one of the more concept albums? Like, cause I mean, this whole album is all about. That yeah. Concept. It's they definitely have labeled this one as a concept album, which is not something that I've really done before. Chevelle to me. And I've said this, I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but I know I've talked about it in our conversations before that, sci-fi crimes in particular is a very like cohesive feeling album and i think chevelle in general is really good about that where like their albums all feel like the stuff on them belongs together does that make sense yeah like it each one is like a piece of work in a specific time and then the next one is like a piece of work together they're very good at that and this is the first one that i've heard them say is a concept album i will say before we get too long into the album, I feel like it could have been arranged track wise a little differently and it would have fit a little better because. Okay. Well, like the lost in digital woods as an ending track. I mean, that track alone, it's either going to be at the end or the beginning, but I felt like it would have made more sense as a beginning track rather than an ending track. Lost in Digital Woods is an example of Chevelle doing something on this album 
Pete went on the record of saying that he was trying to branch out and experiment a little bit more on this album. So what you have with that is really a spoken word track. Yeah. Which is not something they've really done before. I'm not going to lie. I'm with you. I don't even care for the track. I, I don't either. It entirely. Yeah. But that's kind of the, what they're doing is like, he's like, I'm going to try throwing some stuff on here that we haven't really done. And so. Well, I think that would have made more sense in starting off the album and then do like some rumbling sounds and then start off with track three, the Mars Simula and we're on the way to Mars, you know, <laughs> like that, that would have made more sense to me. It's interesting to me because every time I listen to this album, I'm trying to put pieces together to understand the themes and yeah. like the story and stuff. Yeah. Even though they, they call it a more conceptual thing than before. I don't necessarily feel like there's like a narrative start to finish, or at least not one that's easy for me to follow. There are definitely just some connecting themes of stuff. Yeah. And so it's, it's, um, it's different than their albums, their last few. So I wish to take a step back (laughs) actually, before we go any further into this, let's take a step back. Cause I think something that, that we promised we would start doing on album reviews is a little bit of an intro to a band. (laughs) So, so 15 minutes in, we're here we yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna we have mid-episode intro to the band. <laughs> Chevelle is uh is a band from Chicago. They they play sort of a an alternative rock metal style. They're very influenced by Tool. You can tell almost every one of their albums, you can tell that influence. Yeah. They've been historically made up of brothers. First, it was three brothers. Their bassist brother left the band quite a while ago and they replaced him with their brother-in-law, which was kind of fun. His name is Dean and he actually left the band after their last album. And so the making of this one was pretty much, well, was just Pete, their singer, guitarist, and Sam, their drummer. And then they've recruited um, a new guy to take over bass duties for the future who is actually not a family member, which kind of makes me sad a little bit because I love Chevelle being a full-on family band. But you can only have so many brothers that play bass, I guess. Well, you would think by now that the youngest would have been done with college because that's why he left the band. I guess he just decided he didn't want to come back to music. Yeah, I guess so. I was going to say, hell, I finished college by the time he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was really hoping that. I, and and if, if, if we had like a chance to talk with them or something, I'd be like, so tell us about that guy. <laughs> Where is he? What's he doing? <laughs> How come we couldn't get him back in the fold? And so... Pete's definitely like the mastermind of the band. Um, some of the interviews that they were giving, it, it, they definitely made it sound like he would come up with tons and tons of ideas. And then he would kind of like tug at Sam and have to like lure him over to record drum parts. But they seem very close. Obviously, you play in a band together for 20 years and, you know, grow up for the rest of your life before that. It's going to happen. And so, yeah, this is what do we say their ninth album. Yes. And... They've been around for a while. They're a, they're a very important band to me. I don't know what you guys like personal relationship is, but this is one of the only like heavy bands that I listened to in high school and college that I still regularly listen to like all the way through to this day, their newer stuff. I, they never lost me like most bands did. Usually bands I'm like, okay, this band sucks now, or my taste has moved <laughs> away from what they do or something. Chevelle, there's a couple albums that I didn't care for as much, but they still were good enough to keep me as a fan. And so this is a very important one to me because I'm always wondering, like, is this, is it Chevelle's time to fall off the map? Like <laughs> everyone before them. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I don't know. What's you guys' relationship? Do you have one to this band or? One thing that I will say is that I absolutely love seeing them live. They're one of my favorite bands seeing them live because they're just fantastic. They always put on a great show. They always play great songs. And I, I just, yeah, that's they're probably one of the best live bands, in my opinion, um, that I will always make time to go see if they're coming through town. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And isn't uh, Chevelle kind of on the same lines of a Breaking Benjamin for you and I, Dan, where we've seen them probably double digit times? Yeah, they're definitely up there. I know, like you said, they just keep rolling through town and I'm not going to miss them. So, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I would probably keep them up there, or put them up there with Breaking Benjamin with the amount of times that I've seen them live. Yeah, I think both I think both of those bands for me are have been in double digits and I'm pretty sure I've seen every single one with you. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I, I agree with you, Aaron. There's there's some albums that I love more than others. Um I was a huge fan of La Gorgola. I was not a fan of the North Corridor. And so this is a refreshing album because it, North Corridor left a bad taste in my mouth and it was been there for five years now. So damn. <laughs> which, which of note was the longest gap between Chevelle albums, because that's another thing. Not only are they a good live band, they do a very tight show. They're not a fancy live band. They don't have no. a whole lot of audience interaction stuff, but they, but they kill their performance itself. But they're also a very consistent band. They would put out an album every two, two and a half years since like 1999 yeah until the north corridor is 2016 and then here we have this one coming out in 2021 so it has been a while well and you had sent us an article uh basically the lead singer pete just said that he wasn't really inspired to write music and that it took them the longest to write this album because of that and i'm i'm sure that's one reason why there was such a, a layoff in between north corridor and and this album i don't know you can kind of see that or, or at least sense that uh, listening throughout the album that it just it seemed a little uninspired so to speak but i wanted to ask you do you think that that is because i mean from from what i can understand like or from what i see like pete is not really he's he doesn't really like go do vocal appearances el- elsewhere does he as far as i know i've never I don't heard think you so. mean like in other projects yeah. or like um guest or, appearing on other yeah features right. featured yeah. no he, they're they're pretty isolated they don't even hardly ever have guests on their own albums exactly and, and like you know most of their songs you, you could probably take a song off this album and put it on one of their first albums or vice versa and nobody would know any different like their sound has fairly remained the same throughout their entire career and so my thought yeah. was that, you know is is it and you can kind of tell and you kind of mentioned touches base on this already but is he getting burned out or uninspired because he's having to write the same stuff over and over again? Does he feel like obligated to write that kind of a sound or, or does he just, do you think that they didn't feel or that they weren't at the point that they felt that they could venture out and, and try new things? I don't, I don't know. Like it was just weird. I, I think I, I could speak a little bit to, of that to having listened to both Sam and Pete talk a lot over the past couple of days about this <laughs> album. I know Sam, Sam definitely would like to believe that the band, their sound, their songs all do have their own unique sound to them. I think Chevelle has a fairly standard sound that they go back to a lot. I do think some albums like North Corridor was like a lot more just pure heavy, not really like the melodies and and the the prettier parts of Pete's voice or or like sci-fi crimes was like a little softer. And so and then kind of like you said, I do agree. This one has some sounds on it that sound like they could be from like, I don't know, Venus era or, or this type of thinking on them. 
which I don't think is a bad thing. And so I think in their mind, and especially we already mentioned digital woods with like the spoken word thing, I think in their mind, they're trying to do different things, but they're still doing them within like the realm of this is what Chevelle sounds like. Like, it'd be fun if they went all out and just did like a punk track or something, but I haven't heard them try that yet. <laughs> you know, one of the songs on the album that stood out for me because it sounded so different than what you're used to hearing Chevelle sound like was the song Endlessly. Um, it yep. was it was mm-hmm. really a, a pretty song for one, uh, but it had like a lot of symphonic background and it was kind of like their first ballad as far as I could tell. I mean, it was, in my opinion, it was a ballad. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. I mean... They do those rarely. Yeah, I was going to say, the only other one I can think of was like off of Wonder What's Next, I think. They used to have, like, for a f- number of albums in a row, like a single acoustic track on each one somewhere. I don't know if I would call it a ballad per se, but acoustic anyway. And this is different. This is not quite a acoustic track. There's definitely more going on there. But um, I think that that's a pretty good word for it. And it's definitely a unique sound on this album for sure. Yeah, I thought Endlessly was a, a great track and a definite change of pace from what we're used to Chevelle playing. I would have mm-hmm. uh, I would have had that be the ending track and then throw p- possibly throw in like another weird 30 second like static <laughs> static radio Mars transmission or some, something. But I don't know. It just there was little things that they did that I think to try to take the album in a different direction. And I think if they would have tightened it up a little bit, it would have made a little bit more impact. But I definitely do like that that track. So to, to, to sort of draw attention to what you're saying, so the North Corridor, their last album, 10 tracks long, you know, various lengths, but, you know, it was, you know, rocker, rocker, rocker. Not really a ton of variation on what they were. No, no filler, that kind of thing. The album before that, La Gorgola, was the same way, 10 tracks it was, you know, full on, you know, rock song after rock song. This one, this album's 13 tracks. It ends with spoken word. It's got a couple of different instrumentals in the middle of it. It starts with an instrumental rocker, hmm. um, a track that seems like it should have vocals to it. Yeah. The opening track, Verupt. I don't know why it doesn't or exactly what the meaning of it is in terms of setting up the album, but it's how they chose to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, th- that's why I say this album's definitely a concept to it. I just had a hard time deciphering exactly yes. what they were getting at with a lot of it. Yeah. I, d- I don't feel like I fully understood it. I, I like to imagine things. Um, so I imagined like when I first listened to this album and I, and I heard Varuk, it was them getting back in the studio and just jamming out after not playing music <laughs> together for so long. That's, that's literally like, that was just my thought. I was like, man, this is a rocking tune. Like it, it literally just sound like you know what? I, let's just let's just jam. Let's just have a good time jamming. And those are my favorite type of Chevelle songs. Is where they just kind of find a groove or a good beat or a good dra- uh, guitar line and just rock out to it for you know three, four, five minutes. Sometimes like you know songs like "The Island," for instance. Which mm-hmm. is, so one reason I mentioned that is because I really felt like Mars Simula was a complete ripoff of the <laughs> like, yeah really yeah. There's, there's a there's a handful of tracks that either a sound like other chevelle tracks or b sound like a perfect circle songs i i, I was good that's, i'm glad that you mentioned that i'm glad you mentioned that because because i listened so 
So as I, as I was listening to it, I listened to Ghost and Razor, which is near the end. And I'm like, this is the most toolish track on the yeah. album. But then I went back, I went back to Endlessly, which you just talked about. And I was like, and this is a perfect circle track <laughs> on the album. That's exact. Listen to it again and you'll, and, and you'll, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's very much a perfect circle sounding track. Yeah. And I don't say that as an insult. Those are no, me neither. bad bands to be influenced by. And they've, it's, yeah. been, it's worked for Chevelle. So, oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm not. I'm not knocking it. And they're not a ripoff. I, yeah, yeah, I certainly don't mean to say that they're a ripoff of that band too. No, they're no. very different. But they. But there's a clear influence. Yeah, yeah. yeah just hey, listen to Mars Simula though. It, it sounds exactly like the island. And you know, like I said, it's it's not bad. It's not exactly the same. Obviously, um, it, it has some a really good solo in the in the song. It has some good riffs. Um, and it's a, it's a definite jam song, that's for sure. But it it just as soon as I heard that, I was like, "Is this? The, did they just change the lyrics to the island or an island or like what? <laughs> it sounds like the same damn song." There was there was a handful of tracks that that sounded like other Chevelle songs or like Maynard. Before I get too much further, the one thing that this album did do the same as North Corridor is they have a ton of dead space between most of their tracks, which I don't know why that bothers me so much, but it does. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. (laughs) I agree. There's a lot. It's for an album that's supposed to have a vibe to it. It there's not necessarily a track to track flow. There are a couple of them that actually literally do flow into each other, but then there's a number of other ones. There's just a big old pause. But the ones that, the ones that do flow together, like Vermhole, <laughs> yeah, which I guess it's Wormhole, but it's two V's. But that should have yeah, just we'll get to that in a minute. That should have just been on the end of the other track and just left it alone. <laughs> See, I thought that at first, but then I decided that I liked it there because because here's why I'm going to explain why because I'm glad you brought that up. For one, it's smack dab in the center of the album. Yeah, and. The whole idea of a wormhole is like taking you from one part of like the universe to another. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it goes from this this track, Pistol Star, which Pistol Star is the name of an actual star, although they added an extra letter in that one, too, for some reason. There's not two eyes. <laughs> They're kind of annoying me. I'm sure Dan's OCD is a little bit bothered by this album, but he's like, I didn't even understand what was yeah. going on. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that, that's a, 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 kind of one of those like space travel sounding tracks talking about gravity and things like that. It goes from Wormhole, which sort of takes the outro sounds of that track and then transitions into the sounds from the from Peach, which is track eight, which Peach is a song <laughs> um, about a certain unwelcome and awful politician, more or less. And so it's like, I feel like Wormhole was perfect because it's spaced right in the middle, transitioning from one of the main themes that they touch on into a whole different theme. Yeah, and and that was the other thing. Like, I had never known Chevelle to be political. (laughs) They make comments on some stuff. Like, they talked about Bernie Madoff on that one, Face to the Floor, a few years ago. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was, because I was listening. I'm like, this is totally about the past president like this is it is yeah one one thing that that i thought was funny with peach is when he's just talking about you know different body parts essentially yeah i was like they should just do a metal a complete metal version of head shoulders knees and toes (laughs) (laughs) because that's more or less what it was (laughs) i was 
the first time I heard that track, I was it kind of weirded me out entirely because they're talking about well, take your legs off and your arms off and and your hands, your, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm like, wait, why are we pulling somebody apart here? What's going on? I don't, I don't get it. Um, <laughs> it, it. It's not really about that. It's I know, but I know they speak in metaphors a lot, but it was really weird. <laughs> so at Chevelle doing. <laughs> Head, shoulders, knees, and toes. <laughs> that would be the coolest thing. Can we, we need to get them. We're going to have to secure an interview with them and then have them record that for us. And then Dan can play it for his children. <laughs> It'll be the greatest riff that was ever put to that song. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I feel what you're saying about like, like anything you time you have a like 19 second track like wormhole it's just like you got, gotta ask why <laughs> I, I i was tr- those are the ones i was trying to make sense of like sleep the deep which is track four another instrumental to me it the title of it and the sound of it made it sound like the best i could come up with is it's almost like this um lullaby like representing like you ever heard like sleep like hypersleep or something like that yeah somebody yeah like, goes in space travel and you're like like a chamber much just asleep or yeah or like frozen or something for a long time yeah that's what the, that's what i thought of whenever i heard that track yeah it's like maybe that's what it represents in in the story of this and it's it, all i'm all making this up i could be wrong well i was trying to find an understanding on. Yeah. yeah it definitely sounds cooler with headphones on Yes, highly recommend giving this album a listen with your phones because their sonics sound much different whenever you can hear that kind of those kind of nuances. Because I'll, I'll be honest, the first time I I heard the album, it was not with headphones, so I had a slightly different experience the first time through. But uh, me neither. Yeah. yeah, it does have a few of those big bangers and the riffs, like you know, Mars Simula, like like Dan said, maybe it is a lot like the island, but that it's still a headbanger though, oh, yeah. and it'll still it'll still make you move. Or or Peach as well, yes, and, and Self Destructor, So Long Mother Earth. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, good guitar riffs on this album. There's even yeah. even Remember When on tra- you know track eleven down at the very end. I, I'm a huge fan of that song. Yeah, I think that one might be my favorite overall. I was try I've been trying to make and, a declaration on that. Not that you have to say this is my favorite, <laughs> but I think that one is. I think that one is mine because I feel like it's the one I get the most. And the music and lyrics mesh up together really well in terms of like, it sounds like it's a song about like finding things to ground you when you're like drifting away, um, which could be a metaphor or literal in the case of this whole like space exploration theme. And the, the, the music that goes with it, it just feeds into that message really well. And it's just a, it's a very pretty song, which comes right after Endlessly, which is pretty for different reasons. So it kind of works together really well i think either of those could have sufficed really well as as a closer if they didn't decide to get more experimental at the end yeah like i said if if i was rearranging this album i would have ended ended with endlessly as ironic as that sounds and then put (laughs) and put remember when before that track maybe this is an album we'll uh we'll take a stab at rearranging and see what that does to it it's it's an odd album it's a very odd album especially for chevelle's style yeah to, to sort of touch back on what Dan was talking about before in terms of like the motivation, I don't think we actually answered that question. I know they've said that they that they recorded like half of the album in like 2019. And then it was another one of those things where, for one, their producer, 
who's a guy named uh, Evil Joe Barisi. <laughs> uh, his nickname is Evil. Yeah. And he's the guy who's produced their last three albums before this as well. But he came onto the scene and and basically kind of had him. He kind of said, OK, I like this and this and this. And then give me some more of something else like. And so the re- album was recorded in a couple of different chunks, basically, that mm-hmm. that Pete's kind of said, you know, on one hand, it was really hard to write this album harder than normal. On the other hand, he said, I, I wish I had this much time to write every album because it gave me more time to, you know, play with different things and perfect stuff that I didn't that I might not have had a chance to otherwise. And then also the album was further delayed, like everybody else had issues with the pandemic. Chevelle's been trying to put this album out for most of a year. It's yeah. been ready for most of a year. Um, and it just came out now. And so, you know, they've already, like a lot of bands, gone well into um not not the recording process, but he's already said he's like, I got enough I- ideas ready to to get a start on another one if I if, if we so choose. But uh, you know, now we're gonna start the cycle of trying to figure out. Yeah. letting this album run its course right he also said that if this album didn't get a good response then it might be the last you heard of chevelle for a little while because <laughs> i think that's part of you're talking about how dan kind of hinted the idea of like does it seem like he wants to do something else maybe yeah that's the impression i got i think i do i did kind of get that impression too not necessarily something else besides chevelle but he seems maybe something else in addition to chevelle um, he seems to be interested in exploring like soundscapes and I could see Pete Leffler being a guy who wants to branch out and maybe do like movie soundtrack kind of stuff or things along those lines somewhere in the future. I could see that. He also said he doesn't necessarily want to be just like exclusively hard rock writer forever. And so I do think that whether there's new Chevelle in the next couple of years or not, you'll also be hearing some stuff from him that is not this, which is cool. I mean, after 20 years, it's, it's time to branch out. That's perfectly fine. Yeah. yeah. I, and I kind of got that too. I mean, it's been, like you said, 25 years of being the same band, you know, and, and, you know, not, not only that, but like, you got to imagine he's been playing with his brother for how long? Like who knows? Probably 40 years. Yeah. And I mean, so I, you know, probably, yeah. against playing with his brother, I'm sure. But like, you know, it is, it, it's an experience just to go play with different musicians. You get to hear different things and you're influenced by the different things that they play and, uh, the, you know, different ways that they play. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that, like you said, I'm sure the time has come to him just kind of venture out. I wouldn't mind, uh, I, you know, I, I hope that while you said he might go on to like do like a pop star, or not pop stuff, but non rock related stuff, I, I would hope yeah. that if he does do that, then he also maybe does like a super band project. That would be sweet. Like just get with some other members from other bands and just jam out, like put something together. (laughs) Join up with Maynard. (laughs) Yeah. I was kind of thinking, yeah, I was kind of thinking something similar, honestly, like, so, you know, they, they're down, down their brother basis. So the band is officially just the two now. Um, and, And like I said, Pete's really, the driving force behind it. And Sam is, is the drummer. And (laughs) so like, if it came a day where Sam was like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. I could see Pete just being like, all right, well, Chevelle's going on hiatus then. And I'm going to form like a full whole new band with completely new people and just see what happens. Like it would be great for some type of rock super. Yeah. Yeah. Ben Hurley can go, you know, 
yeah, yeah that's yeah, fine yeah <laughs> we can put this together ourselves right <laughs> we can do this <laughs> we're gonna form the sequel to chevelle in case they don't continue or they want to pause for somebody a while. needs to give us this power to push. i know we just <laughs> we, we talked about it in in last week's episode set trying, trying to pull some strings with saul we're <laughs> we need someone to let us do this with chevelle as well here Hey, it almost worked for Skindred. Can we take a pause to, to note that? Yeah, yeah. no kidding. Um, I, I will have to yeah, pat ourselves on the back a, a little bit. Maybe. Yeah, big <laughs> big news about Skindred getting a uh, a worldwide multi-album new rock deal with Earache Records, which hopefully means good things for them in the United States. And if it does, we're going to take credit whether we should or not, <laughs> because it's just a fun thing to do. <laughs> well, we, we talk about it, and then a couple months later, it happened. It seems... To- we to happen that way a lot, actually. We're willing it into existence. So now we got to will will a new band for Pete into existence. Not at the expense of Chevelle, but in addition to or as a as an alternative for a while. We'll we'll get to work on that. Maybe we'll hmm, I don't know. Uh, you know, we could you know if if he does actually interview with us, uh we could possibly get him to uh hook up with uh uh Sean Dowdle. <laughs> That would be interesting. Okay. I mean, you know, he's no Chester Bennington, but he's got a hell of a fucking voice, and that would be pretty awesome to see him as the head of Grey Days. <laughs> go, out, go out and do a tour with the head of, you know, I, I'm sure that, you know, Sean won't mind. <laughs> We'd have to talk Sean into wanting to be a full-time musician because well, I don't think true. he had that on his agenda yet. You are right. You are correct about that. Like, hey, listen, if we could hook you up with the dude from Chevelle, would you guys be interested in, in a new thing? <laughs> and by hook you up, we mean just publicly say, hey, you guys should get together yep. and make music. <laughs> That's it. No Hello, meet power. Pete the floor. Yes. Right. <laughs> uh, the power. We'll mispronounce both your last yes. names. <laughs> Nonetheless. Totally from Dodgeball. <laughs> Nonetheless, I don't know. I didn't mean to to digress too far there, but um, <laughs> yeah. But this album is something something kind of wild. You got those experiments. You've got uh, like we said a couple of interludes. You've got a spoken word thing. You've got you've got test test. Yeah, which is enough. Yeah, it's just yeah enough. It's just it's just guitar. There's no drums to that track. It's just this like ec- like reverby guitar thing and some a few very short and simple lyrics i think it's a really beautiful song but it took me a couple listens to get used to because i felt that it was filler before that i know I, I completely agree that it was was filler i actually felt that that song took on different meaning after i read the interview about him not being uh you know very motivated to write this mm. I, I can't explain why, but like I listened to the album a couple times and then you sent that, that article and I listened to it again. It's just like certain songs took out different meetings because you can almost, I don't know, just hear his uninspired on inspiration. I don't know. Well, and if you, Maybe. if what you said, or if what you said earlier with them kind of recording this in stages, maybe that's why it seems a little disjointed because it's like phase one, phase two, phase three. So I don't know. Do do you guys, after having listened to a few to it a few times, I know we I kind of all were in agreement at first that it felt like it was a little bit disjointed and and there was some filler on it. Do you still feel that way, or do you feel like 
do you still or do you feel at this point that it makes a little bit more sense why each track exists on this album or there's still some you probably cut if you were you know the producer i i would just like i said earlier i would just arrange things differently if if i were to cut any any track off the album it would be the last track lost in digital woods as we said earlier mm-hmm. but but uh i mean it, it all fits it just i i felt that it was hard to follow at times see i i'm not a huge fan of any uh instrumental interludes or i mean unless like Varuk is okay because that's like an, an instrumental jam song but like yeah. the interludes like sleep the deep and uh the other one wormhole yeah wormhole they were they were just weird like i I know that they served a purpose but like i i feel like they were just added to make sure that they were above 10 tracks like oh you know if it's if we don't add these it's an ep uh so let's let's add some shit (laughs) so maybe my only thing about that is that their last couple albums have been 10 tracks as well and so they could have trimmed those and still made that number and this album is definitely longer than those but I mean, obviously, anytime a band puts something out, if a track's on there, it's on there for a reason. But that doesn't mean that we as listeners understand that reason right. or appreciate the song necessarily. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's 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 definitely a lot of filler in this, you know, because like when we get back to the radio show, there's, you know, I, I probably only play seven tracks off this album, if that. Yeah. Yeah, maybe six or seven tracks, really. I don't know. I, I will say the more I listen to this album, the more it grows on me, but I don't know that it has that one song like that just kind of puts the stamp on the album like certain other Chevelle albums have in the past. Like, I get that. I didn't think it was just one song, though. I thought I thought there was like really five super strong songs and the rest yeah. were kind of OK. And then there was just filler like, you know, because I mean, so long, Mother Earth self-destructor self-destructor by far is my favorite song uh you know peach remember when and then like pistol star it's a great song it's it's just really weird because like i really like the song but like i don't there's nothing that makes it like over the top but there's nothing that makes it a bad song either it's just yeah it's just a good song i just felt like out of all the albums like this was kind of one part safe in the sweet spot of the chevelle realm and then the other part mm-hmm. was was the experimental tracks like endlessly and and the spoken word stuff. So it just it just yeah. I always appreciate a band trying to branch out. I think I've said it before in other episodes. Yeah, I don't always appreciate what they branch out to, but I the the effort. <laughs> yeah, I respect not being like we're going to make the exact same album. And Chevelle's definitely in a band that has a distinct sound that they stick fairly close to. I think over the years have gone by, Pete's voice in particular, he's found different ways to use it and to show it off yeah. as the band has gone on. But they're not necessarily being that one like standout gripping track. Because I think of like, like Hats Off to the Bull um, from 2011. Like the first time you hear like Face to the Floor or, or right. Hats Off or or the first time on La Gargola when they release uh, take out the gunman or, or an Island. And you're like, Oh yeah, that is a banger right there. Like hardcore, but then like, or an evening without the Diablo or something. Yeah. Yeah. But then like, like the North corridor, I don't think that their single choices were particularly good on that one. I never really got into Joyride that much. And then on this one, 
I'm interested that Dan said um, self-destructor was his favorite because the first couple of times I listened to that song, I was like, this does not seem like a first, like it should be a first Chevelle single. Like it doesn't grab me in the way that a lot of those did. And it wasn't. And then peach grabbed me a little bit more. And then remember Wayne grabbed me a little bit more, but still, even then, even much as I like those tracks, it still wasn't the same as some of those older ones where it's just like, Oh yeah, I need to go like, throw some chairs around the right. songs are wicked right. that's, <laughs> like, that's the that's the same feeling i had as well i mean there's some great tracks on this album don't get me wrong but it, i just there's not that standout banger that you need to hear right now i disagree <laughs> i really liked self-destructor and it wasn't necessarily the, the song i mean yeah it was it was rock and song i still you know it's got a great riff uh great solo and it's like six minutes of awesomeness <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah. It, to me, it's it's the lyrics. Like you know, I, I just feel like uh, it's it's something that we've been dealing with for like the last year and a half. And it, I mean, it's, I guess it's really been blown Ooh. out of proportion in the last year and a half. When he talks to me, they don't care what the science says. They don't want to talk. No. And so uh, that's one reason why I really like this song because I just felt like it was, you know, it, it's the same shit we've been dealing with with masks wearing and, and all the, the science about, you know, the virus and, and all, all that stuff, but in a in, in different perspective of like basically of how we're treating our, our, our planet, which I mean, in the same kind of situation. Um, and, and, you know, because of how we're destroying our planet, we basically have to go take off to Mars. Yeah. Yeah. I, and and it, it comes back to another thing that's a recurring theme in the albums that we discuss which is here's another song that while relevant before the pandemic and written before the pandemic is amplified that much more now like you said self-destructor it is a song about science deniers basically mm-hmm. and and that's another one of those semi-political things that Chevelle wades into and he's got strong opinions on it and <laughs> and so I, I agree with you that lyrically that is also probably one of the stronger the stronger songs on the album yeah and for them to put it out as the first single, it sends a message, you know, it kind of says that, you know, they're, they are, you know, the, if they have two political songs, which I, I will say, I've never really paid attention to be, or at least noticed Chevelle to be a political band. So like right off the bat, it kind of gives you an idea that, Hey, they're, they're changing a little bit, you know, they're uh, modifying themselves a little bit. Chevelle is a band that I've always had a hard time making heads or tails of lyrically. Yeah. They're a little poetic and a little bit mysterious in how they, and how Pete writes his lyrics a lot of times. And so it's hard to pinpoint exactly what he's talking about. And in, even in these cases where you get what they're talking about, there's a lot of lines where it's like, okay, I get this line clearly is about this, but then there'll be other lines where like, I don't really understand what that means or how that fits. And so, um, so yeah, I, I have a suspicion that they've made more social and political statements than we've necessarily caught, but I haven't gone back and listened to all their albums to find those things. So I, I want to draw attention to one other thing. I can't say that um, I think Chevelle has ever been like a master of album art. They got some that are kind of cool and some that are <laughs> not really at all. But this one... This this has got to be the most perfect album art for what this album is. It's um, it's a painting by this by a guy named Boris Vallejo, who is um, he's a Peruvian American artist. Um, he's a guy who's done posters for movies and stuff in the past. He actually did the poster for National Lampoon's Vacation. I don't know if you remember that. It's to me, it's a very it's a pretty famous 
movie poster, but it, it looks like the cover of, of Neratius looks like the cover of like a sci-fi book. Like, yeah. Like some like B, like B level, like book from the seventies or something. Yes. It's this weird, like gold looking like space planet thing. And this girl with a suitcase looking out on it, like she's about, you know, she just landed. And I think it's wonderful. Like it just, it's just such a perfect match for, for the weirdness of this album. And so I wanted to give them some props for, for that art. Chevelle always has great album artwork, to be honest. Like I've never seen the cover of Chevelle album and thought that's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought (laughs) I find a lot of them. A lot of them are, like I said, it's hit or miss to me. Some of them I like, and some of them are just kind of that exist. I thought North Corridor's art was super boring, <laughs> but <laughs> but then that album is one that has literally taken me like f- all the years that it's been out to grow on me too. So whatever, it's fine. It still hasn't grown on me. It's still yeah, and that's fine. It might not at this point, but <laughs> La Gargola with the bird mask is kind of cool. I'll give you that. Uh, <laughs> But I don't anyway. know. I thought the North Corridor was was kind of funny because I, I don't. Is it like a goat on there? Like, is it? It looks yeah. like a goat. It's just like yeah. a jumping goat. A or jumping something. goat. But <laughs> it's just it's like okay. Well, there's there's an album and there's some art. <laughs> but but I don't know what it had to do with anything. Whereas on this one, I'm like, oh, I see what we're getting into entirely right now. Yeah. This. Uh, it's it's about interstellar travel and and you know questioning the world and all that kind of stuff. So long, Mother Earth. Yeah, that's right. So that's that. The, if that isn't what the out the the actual piece of art is titled, it should be. Yeah, <laughs> that, that would be perfect. So long, Mother Earth. But so anyway, as we mentioned before, Pete said that you know if this this album kind of took a lot and that if it wasn't received well, it might be a while before we heard from Chevelle again, I will say kind of in closing that it does seem like it's being received. Well, it's Chevelle's now fifth album to debut in the billboard uh, top Top 10. 10. Yeah. And so they've, they've been pushing real hard to get it there. So in terms of well being well-received pretty much every Chevelle album is pretty well critically received. Yeah. Especially in this genre. And it's when still getting good, good commercial success. And so I suspect we probably will be hearing more from them uh, in the future. But like I said before, I think we'll be hearing him do things that are not Chevelle as well, which is exciting. Yeah, I look forward to hearing this album live. Um, so, oh, for sure. I hope that he doesn't give it up just yet. Well, I know in one of the interviews I listened to, Sam was uh, Sam was kind of going over with the interviewer what some of the tracks that they were particularly planning to put in their set list are so they're they're already ready for it they're like we're taking these tracks out and we're gonna jam to them so Wormhole. as soon as we can't that's right we'll go, <laughs> we'll go here. all 19 seconds of Wormhole. let's see what would have been hilarious if it if it was 19 seconds of wormhole but then it had 10 seconds of silence like all the other tracks <laughs> oh, i didn't really notice the silence like you said unless i, I did notice it after self-destructor because like it's a piano fade out to that song which is already a almost a six minute long song and then yeah, yeah and then there's like 10 to 15 seconds of silence and you're just like this is already long just end the damn thing what is going on 
I meant to I meant to mention that to you. That's a, a little fun little bonus uh, fact for you. Um, the reason why they added that piano outro, which is another thing that's not really been yeah in Chevelle's wheelhouse before. Is um they're big fans of Faith No More. <laughs> okay. And, okay. And okay. Pete, Pete wanted the the epic ending yes. for self destructors <laughs> so he wanted a weird piano outro to this rock song. And so <laughs> that makes sense, kind of. It made me like the song more whenever he said that. I was like, okay, that's funny. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like there's a lot of hidden things that that probably the average listener doesn't fully understand with this album well i mean you know all of us can attest that you know we do stuff just to entertain ourselves and when you're not inspired to write something and you're just trying to almost because at least from the impression that a guy it almost seemed like he was forcing himself to do this and so if you're trying to force yourself you're going to do stuff to just entertain yourself or to give yourself giddies you know like ah i did that for fucking hell of it like Spoken word song with weird fade out. <laughs> like 19 seconds of wormhole for no reason at all. <laughs> <laughs> I know I could have put it at the end of Pistol Star, but fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that was, was what they did, but then Pistol Star had had two parenthetical. It was Pistol Star, parentheses, gravity heels, smaller parentheses, wormhole. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the whole track. It was all those things. And then peach parenthetical body parts. Body parts. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Oh no, I think it's a good album. I, I think that uh, if it was up to me, I, I would hope, based on my feedback, that um, that he does continue on. Because I'm definitely, I would be sad if if Chevelle doesn't continue on. I, I, you know, I'm hoping that he does venture out. And, become a little bit more inspired, work with some other artists uh, and, and just have some fun with it. Cause that's what music's all about is, is, you know, being inspired, making, you know, just having a good time. Sometimes I mean, it sounds like he's putting too much pressure on himself and making it too much of a job. And it's not, I mean, it, it is a job technically, but it's one of the best damn jobs in the world that you could have. It's not my job. It just sounds like a great <laughs> fucking job. <laughs> <laughs> I have to presume that they're that they're largely still enjoying it, or I think they'd find something else to do at this point. Exactly. But uh, yeah. So you know, let us know what you think. If you liked the album, then then let us know on the social media. Before we officially sign off and hit the outro, I did want to mention one of the last times we saw Chevelle, and the Blues advanced into the playoffs, and the crowd was chanting "Let's Go Blues." And he thought that we were booing them. Well, they weren't. No, it wasn't even that they were chanting "Let's go Blues." They were just saying "Go Blues" because I think we just won. We the game yeah, was over, yeah. and they just won in like the middle of their set. And mind you, Chevelle's from Chicago. They're not paying attention to a blues game. They could right. care, care less. And I think during the time the Blackhawks sucked during this year, so that they, <laughs> um, so they definitely weren't paying attention. Yeah, and I, I I do remember that actually it was hilarious because like the crowd's going blues and they're like, Why are you booing us? Screw you. What the hell? We're like, no, we're yeah. not booing you, we're blueing you, man. Consider it an honor. We're blueing you. <laughs> you got blued. Yeah, I wanted to wanted to bring that up real quick since we're talking about Chevelle, because that was that that's one thing that I definitely want to bring up to them if we ever did get the chance to interview them. It's like we weren't booing you. 
we were we were blowing. It, and it's really funny because that's happened to several artists around St. Louis, and some some artists maybe you know if it's like for a, a show like Point Fest or something like maybe Point DJs warn them, hey, blues game's going on, you know, you might get blued. Don't fear, it's it's not, right. you're not getting booed because I know that if I remember correctly, I I remember that there's been like games or you know, possibly playoff games and stuff where like you know, the, the bands will react and be like, yeah. Cause like, wasn't there like a, a Canadian band that was like, yeah, let's go blues. We we're from Canada, but Canadian teams suck or something like that. Yeah. Like, I can't yeah, remember yeah, yeah. what band it was, but yeah, I totally uh, remember that. I'm pretty sure it was monster truck actually. Oh yeah. I think it was. <laughs> yeah. Even though they're from Toronto, I think they, they referenced the Ottawa senators, which was hilarious. Well, cause most <laughs> Canadian teams, I mean, other than this year, they sucked. But the only reason they're good this year is because they're on a league of their of their own. So they just yeah, with they're, each they're other. facing each other. <laughs> so, oh, COVID bubbles. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, now we can do the outro. <laughs> so thank you very much for listening to the Itch podcast. My name is Dan. I'm Casey. And I'm Aaron. And until next time, rock on. If you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend about the show. We've got plenty of links in the show notes to continue the conversation, including the episode's playlist. And you can interact with us on Twitter, Facebook, or through Gmail and itchrocks.com, all at itchrocks, I-T-C-H-R-O-C-K-S. We're on the way to Mars!